I'm your health coach, Melissa Lee. Here at Thriving with Nourishment Health, I provide women with the resources to reclaim fertility and celebrate periods through the lens of functional medicine. It is time to empower ourselves with natural solutions over band-aid medicines. We will get to the root cause of symptoms to see the bigger picture. Let us find the ability to heal ourselves, get back to Mother Nature, and live in a healthier world. Hi everyone, I have a friend of mine, Sarah Wijaya, on the show today. She's a nutritional therapy practitioner who empowers people to live a more intuitive life using tools like nutritional assessments, food journals, and functional evaluation. She has a personal experience with hypothalamic amenorrhea, and she'll be talking more about that today. We're also going to be talking about eating carbs, which is something that is very prevalent and it's very fear-based in a lot of women. So I'm very excited to have her on the show. Welcome, Sarah. Hey, Mel. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> so um, let's just give the audience like um, a background to your story. Like, what is your story with hypothalamic amenorrhea, and actually, what it is? What is um, it? So, hypothalamic amenorrhea is a condition in women where we lose our periods for uh, they they say at least six months of a missing period, um, and it's due to a dysregulation. Um, in the hypothalamus, um, down the axis of the pituitary gland, um, and down to your um, reproductive organs, basically. Um, so what it is, is that it's when you lose your period because of things like stress uh, or perceived stress from the body, um, that often is paired with um, under-eating, under-fueling, over-training, um, those kinds of things. So that's kind of where my story started. Um, mm. I was a competitive athlete in CrossFit and powerlifting for a few years. Um, Which is very impressive. With, oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, so I started CrossFit in 2013, mm. and I quickly got into the competitive scene um, of it. And because of the extensive amount of training, I suddenly jumped into, um, my body kind of went into flight or flight, fight or flight mode. And it was like, oh my God, what is happening right now? Mm. Um, and I slowly started to lose my period. It became a little bit more irregular. I was getting it maybe every three months that stretched out to every six months, every nine months. And then um, about a year and a half in, I just lost it completely. Um, but you didn't know what was happening, right? Like you were just, I, did it occur to I, you? No. Well, it was, it kind of happened at the same time when I moved to a different country. I had start, just started university as well. So it was kind of, I thought, I just thought it was stress. Mm. Um, even when I talked to my mom and my sisters about it, they were like, oh yeah, it's probably just stress. Like the same thing happened to us. Um, probably nothing to do with your exercise. So I thought, like, if I just wait it out, it'll be okay. Um, I think it was when I lost it completely and, it, like, there was no signs of it coming back. Um, probably a year after that, that's when I started really getting concerned about it. Um, I started seeing um, doctors, gynecologists, and they actually diagnosed me with PCOS, um, which was a misdiagnosis. Um, 
and we can talk about that a little bit later. Um, mm -hmm. So I thought I had PCOS. I was doing everything I could to treat PCOS, um, which obviously <clears throat> didn't work because that wasn't the issue. <laughs> um, and in, I think, 20, end of 2016, 2017, I started learning more about HA, um, doing my own research, which is when I went to an endocrinologist and I saw a dietitian and all that. And basically, um, they had to do a bunch of tests to make sure it wasn't anything else. Um, so that's how HA is diagnosed. You have to kind of rule out all the other potential um, problems. Um, and so once that was clear, they basically said, it's most likely HA, um, you're probably just overtraining and under eating, um, your hormone levels are tanked. Oh, um, so HA presents itself as uh, in very low hormone levels, especially in your luteinizing hormone, LH, and uh, follicle-stimulating hormone, FSH. Um, so we usually see very low levels of those um, in women with HA. Um, so hormone labs all confirmed that. And basically from then on, it was just a matter of um, making sure my body was well-fueled and felt safe. Um, not starving, not overstressed. Um, mm -hmm. And there's a whole lot of lifestyle factors that, that go into that. So during your story, at which part did you become like, you know, into nutrition? Like when into did you nutrition. start? Yeah. Like getting into nutrition. Um, I think from the beginning, from when I started competing, I got into I, I put in quotes, got into nutrition, <laughs> air, quotes. Um, mm -hmm. air quotes, that was when I started, again, air quotes, clean eating, um, I I did a bunch of different diets, um, I went paleo, as a lot of CrossFit athletes do, um, so I was going very low carb as well, um, mm. and I really didn't know how to eat as an athlete, um, because I was both trying to both um, pursue performance goals as an athlete while maintaining aesthetic goals because I mean the way that social media portrays athletes is like you've got to be jacked and lean and fit and all that mm -hmm. and I never mm -hmm. felt like I was portraying that image as an athlete so I I wanted to look like I lifted whilst lifting heavy and <laughs> I think that just right. completely took a toll on my body um yeah. so I, I definitely got into nutrition from the start but I think I started only started taking it seriously as a way to pursue health rather than these aesthetic goals mm -hmm. um in maybe 2017 when i when i stopped competing um in those two sports that was like when i met you right i think it was around there 2017 okay so this is funny <laughs> for the listeners um we actually met and then like one of the first topics i think we talked about was periods it's so funny yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's how i um, that's how we connected. Um, that's a really important part of your story, I think, to share about the aesthetic goals and like, um, because I myself, I also felt the same way as when I was a personal trainer back then. Like, it was very easy to get caught up in like, I had to look a certain way, right? Based on like whatever labels that we put on, on ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, it's interesting that you got diagnosed with PCOS and it's you know, it's like so misdiagnosed and overdiagnosed. I mean, they probably just looked at it like, oh, you know, your periods are like irregular and that's, you know, you have PCOS like right away, right? Yeah, so um, yeah, that was the one thing they said, oh, it's irregular, 
and then they did an ultrasound, mm -hmm. um, which obviously showed multiple cysts because I hadn't had a period. So right. the, the eggs were maturing, but they weren't being released. So mm -hmm. in an ultrasound, HA and PCOS actually present themselves as quite similar. Um, so what I often tell people and clients mm -hmm. is that you can't just be diagnosed with PCOS through an ultrasound. Um, mm -hmm. You need to get the blood work done um, because they, those, the blood work will show different stories. Mm -hmm. And did you, were you like um, told to be on the pill? I was told to be on the pill. So I did oh, go on the pill. No surprise. Yeah, <laughs> I was on, there, on, on the pill for three months. Um, okay. That happened twice, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't react well to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nor, nor did it help at all. Nor did it help at all. <laughs> okay. So, um, okay, so we now know what HA is. And we know that it occurs to women. You were saying earlier it was like three factors under no, overtraining, under fueling, and what's the other one? Um, usually just a lot of stress, perceived stress to the mm -hmm. body, whether it's okay. physical or mental stress. Okay. So for you, overtraining is like too much exercise without too much exercise balance. without eat okay without eating enough food so basically mm -hmm. um the biggest well they term they coin the term as low energy availability mm -hmm. um what that and your energy balance in your body is basically the energy in which is the food that you consume um minus the energy out which is all the activity that you do during the day whether it be exercise or non-exercise as well as your normal bodily functions, your metabolic functions. Mm -hmm. um, so HA usually comes about when that equation is skewed more towards the energy out. There's too much energy going out and not enough energy coming in. Um, therefore, we get low energy availability. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, our body goes into um, this flight, fight or flight, stressed out, starvation mode, and basically says, I can't do anything everything that needs to be done. So I'm going to shut down some systems of the body that aren't useful to me right now, aren't mm -hmm. useful to survive the survival um, of the body. Um, and often uh, what happens is the reproductive system is affected in that because making babies, getting pregnant is not necessary to right. um, our survival as a personal, um, as, as one human being. Um, obviously it, it's essential to the survival of our species, but mm -hmm. if one person doesn't have babies, it's not the end of the world. Um, so reproduction shuts down because your body says there's not enough energy, um, for us to create, to get pregnant and create another human being. Um, so we're just going to get rid of your periods. We're going to get rid of ovulation, um, all that fun stuff. Um, and <laughs> that conserves. I feel like some women will be energy. like, yeah. No yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing as well. Like, yeah, we're made to think that having periods is such a burden. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people think that when you lose your period, then that's, I mean, woohoo, like, you don't have to deal <laughs> yeah. with all the whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and PMS <laughs> and all that every month, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of what I thought as well. I was like, oh, like, I don't have to deal with this. It's kind of convenient now. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, my mindset was like, oh, it happens to athletes and, and women in fitness all the time. So it, it must be okay. Um, but what we have to remember, it's like, even though it's common, doesn't mean it's normal. 
Nice. Yeah. <laughs> love, so, but, so yeah, back in track, I love the energy in, energy out. I feel like that's a better way to put it rather than like calories in and calories out because that puts so yeah. much like emphasis on like the eating part. Like it can also lead to, or it could be associated with like hypothyroidism or, you know, people with like burnout or, you know, adrenal mm-hmm. problems. Like, do you see that yeah. a lot in your clients? Yep, absolutely. So the adrenal um, axis, so HPA um, is hypotha- the hypothalamus, the pituitary and the adrenal axis. Mm-hmm. So that all plays a role. Your hypothalamus is basically the part of the brain that maintains balance in your body systems. Um, and when something goes wrong and your hypothalamus can't restore that balance, um, that's when it starts um disrupting the hormones, which is what your pituitary um, is in charge of, and your adrenals as well are your stress organs. So if those are in overdrive um, and what we call adrenal dysfunction or adrenal fatigue happens, um, then the whole cascade kind of just depletes itself. Mm -hmm. Um, So what we often see is people with HA are really stressed out people. (laughs) <laughs> so they like to do a lot of stuff um right. which is basically type a. me <laughs> type, a, type a personality um mm-hmm. gotta do everything at once gotta do everything fast and perfect and mm-hmm. the best right. um so uh i think a point to touch on is that stress can present itself both physically and mentally mm-hmm. we always just think about mental stress um in terms of work and relationships and all that but we have to realize that exercise is also a stress on the body um not eating enough is also a stress on the body couple that with whatever stress you're going you're experiencing at work at school with relationships with friends um at home so all that put together you're overfilling your stress buckets overflowing and your body just can't handle it um you're like our bodies are still not evolved to understand the difference between getting chased by a lion Mm -hmm. and sitting in traffic for five hours a day or fighting with your spouse or working out at high intensities. So all this, it's just to the brain, it's just stress, stress is just stress. Um, So you might think that, oh, I'm not doing that much. Um, I've just got stuff on at work, but your body's responding in the exact same way as it would if you were being chased by a lion in Savannah. (laughs) <laughs> that's a really good description you know this brought to mind uh this book that i'm reading oh i don't have it here it's called the healthy deviant and in mm-hmm. it she drew like a graph and um it's basically like you know the span of human evolution is like you know for 2.5 million years and then there's suddenly like a rapid like increase from the agricultural revolution like 10,000 years ago and then it's like and so she, she basically says like what you're saying like our DNA is like a mismatch to our modern society and I'm so glad you're talking about the whole stress piece because it's very underrated <laughs> so, yeah, I, um, I talk about stress a lot <laughs> yeah yeah how can women you know with HAs then start to change their lifestyle especially with exercise in order to get their periods back so um as we said ha comes about when there's low energy availability um so we attack the equation from both ends so energy in the amount of food you're eating so women with ha probably need to start eating more in the first place Mm -hmm. um social media popular media 
kind of tells us that women need to be eating like 12 to 1400 calories in order to lose weight, blah, 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 blah. So a lot of women are actually living in this chronically dieted state. We're not getting enough food and especially women who are active um, in the fitness space or just, just do regular exercise. Um, they're eating this little calories while trying to do all this activity, while trying to live a normal life um, with family, with kids and all that. So they're expending a lot of energy. So I think the, in the, first, the first step is to just start eating more food. Mm -hmm. um, most women, the average woman should be getting at least 2000 calories a day. And I know that sounds like a lot to some mm -hmm. people, um, I'm freaking out to... right now. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure a lot of people are like, that's what my husband eats. That's what my husband eats. But mm -hmm. I promise you, he's probably eating more than that. And you should be eating that, that amount of food as an adult female. Um, the recommendation for 12 to 1400 calories, that's the recommended daily intake for a three or four year old child. Mm -hmm. Just to put that into perspective. So mm -hmm. first of all, eat more food. Um, second part of the equation is your energy out so how much energy you're expending um so a lot of women with HA will probably need to cut down on their exercise mm -hmm. um this might not be practical for everybody um I know for me it was very hard to to pull back um some professionals recommend that you stop exercising completely um in order to heal faster um which may which may actually be the case but we also have to take into account that some people may have had exercise as a part of their life um, mm -hmm. for so long and taking that away might actually cause more stress um, to them than mm -hmm. maybe just cutting back a little bit. So I always recommend cutting out high intensity exercise first, things mm -hmm. like boot camps, um, CrossFit, Orange Theory, um, those kinds of workouts. Those are not serving your body at the moment. Um, it's putting a lot of stress, even though you may feel like you're going to do those workouts as a stress relief, as a way to manage your stress. Mm -hmm. It's still a physical stress on your body. You're still putting a lot of load on your body. And some women are doing it multiple times a week. Some of you are doing it multiple times a day. Um, that's a yeah, lot. Which is of crazy. Energy. Yeah. So it, from it's your, crazy. From your personal experience, like how were, how did you cut back on your exercise? So I, I stopped CrossFit completely. So that was mm. the, the high intensity piece. Um, it was hard. That must have been hard. It was, it was very, very hard because I tied my identity to being a CrossFit athlete, mm -hmm. being an athlete in general. Mm -hmm. So stopping that, stopping competing, um, it, it, it was difficult, but I was also committed to um, healing my body and getting my periods back. Mm. So I think understanding why you're trying to do it, um, and yeah. keeping that in your in the back of your mind at all times is really important. Um, I stopped lifting um, heavy weights as well, so I moved to just body weight workouts, um, maybe some dumbbells. But I, I had to stop all right. anything that was over seventy, eighty percent of of what I was lifting. You have to stop um, lifting heavy things. <laughs> you yeah, have to stop lifting heavy things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I, I couldn't stop exercise completely. I knew that would yeah. hurt me more than help me, even though it may have um, made my recovery faster. Mm -hmm. um, 
but I, I still needed some sort of physical activity um, in, in, my, in my routine. Um, so switching over to things like bodybuilding type workouts, which are much lower intensity, even though it's still weight training, yeah. um, that really helped. Um, incorporating some yoga, some mobility work, um, prioritizing long walks instead of maybe a workout or a run kind of thing. I stopped, I stopped running as well. Um, which was, which actually helped a lot, um, just because that to me was a perceived stress, um, doing like really long runs and doing really long cardio sessions, um, was not helping my body. So just a lot of lightweight hypertrophy, <laughs> bodybuilding bro stuff um, <laughs> yeah. that, that was actually what, what helped a lot as well. Just shifting that mindset, nice. shifting that exercise right. piece. Yeah. Cool. I think that was very important for people to hear, especially the whole long walks and like choosing more restorative stuff. Yep, absolutely. And yeah. it might not be for everyone. Like it's not everyone might enjoy yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me a while to get into it. And I'll be honest, it's not a part of my normal routine. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. I think like finding things that you enjoy doing, mm-hmm. like walking, going out with my dog or going out on hikes, um, it's something that I really enjoy. So I, I um, started doing that a lot more. Um, so it's really finding things that are easier on your body, but things mm-hmm. that you still enjoy doing still, as well. Right. Yeah. Cause you don't want to stress yourself out saying like, I can't exercise. I can't exercise. I can't, can't do this, but I'm going crazy here. That's counterintuitive. It's not helping um, your HA in, in any sense at all. So yeah. Um, enjoying exercise but in a more restorative way yeah that's interesting one of my clients she she has pcos and she has irregular periods but um we talked about she was doing both spinning and powerlifting um like many times a week and so she um we got her off spinning that's a lot yeah it's a lot we got her off spinning and she started doing bar which I was very surprised because I just suggested it but she actually started doing it (laughs) and the yoga she chose was actually more of a restorative one so the one with all the props and you know you're like basically just lying down in very extended like poses for a long period Mm -hmm. rather than Mm -hmm. like hot yoga or something Uh, and that actually like helped her a lot too yeah. yeah, that's like, I, I'm glad you brought the hot yoga because I know yeah, that's people, like, stress. like, I'm going to start doing yoga because it's more restorative, but then yeah, I'm but not like hot yoga. <laughs> yeah, or like trying to handstand your way or like, yeah. okay, that's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So like, the key is restorative. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, and I think looking at other lifestyle factors, like mm-hmm. pinpointing where the sources of stress are in your life mm-hmm. and trying to manage those um, the best way that you can. Um, whether it's a mindfulness practice, again, that might not be for everyone or just taking time out during the week for yourself. Um, I know a lot of women feel the need to be the caregivers. Um, They're giving their energy out to everyone else and trying to take care of everyone else um, while trying to prove themselves at work kind of thing. And then doing all this activity and then dieting because they don't feel like (laughs) they have enough work as a woman already. so it's yeah, like losing yeah. out in both the equations. Nothing is coming exactly. in. Exactly. Exactly. So much out. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. 
um and then and then everything tanks <laughs> and then you yeah. wonder why um so yeah i think stress management is really really critical um mm -hmm. in your recovery of of hypothalamic amenorrhea so let's go on to nutrition uh mainly carbs so yay carbs yeah is carbs important to healing ha um, so studies have shown that when it comes to healing HA and maintaining menstrual cycles, um, that the hypothalamus is actually more sensitive to carbohydrate availability um, than it is to like total calorie intake. So what that means is that you could be eating enough calories, but if you're skewed more towards, say, fat, um, something like a keto diet or not even something not as extreme, um, you could still be struggling with your recovery of HA just because you're not having enough carbs. Um, so carbs, it's, it's a fuel source. We have to think of it as a fuel source. It's the main fuel, it's the fuel source that our body chooses to use, um, that being glucose and sugar. Um, and also carbs can help manage the stress response. Um, so it's kind of a calming um, macronutrient that we need in our body. So oftentimes, um, when we're too stressed out, uh, when we're doing a lot of activity, eating those carbs is helpful for recovery. And if you're, if you're sedentary, if you're not very active, you probably could get away with having a lower amount of carbohydrates. But the moment you start exercising regularly, if you're active during the day, um, then you probably need to bump up that, that carb intake. Mm -hmm. um, and reducing carbs too drastically can lead to decreased thyroid output which is where we see symptoms of hypothyroidism um, it increases cortisol which is the hormone that is released when you're stressed out um, you get decreased testosterone um, women need testosterone as well um, you get impaired mood so that's when the mood swings come in you get brain fog you can't concentrate um, it suppresses your immune system and it it's also harder for us to start building muscle. Um, so women often want to work out to lean out, but mm -hmm. if they're not eating enough food, especially if not eating enough carbs, then their body can't recover. It doesn't respond to the exercise as well. And that you can't build muscle and then we can't change our body composition. So it's kind of, it's all this like cascade and uh, a vicious yeah. cycle really. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of- so There's studies that show, yeah. Right. It's also kind of like um, not what we learn from media, I guess. Right. You know how mm. you're saying like the carbs is like good for like muscle building and immunity and all that. And it's like, oh, I saw protein is the only macronutrient for like, you know, building muscle mass. That's I mean, yeah. I think people would think about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like the things that we see in the media, um, and social media as well is that if we eat less we move more we're gonna lose weight uh, we're gonna look better um, all you really need to eat is protein and if you eat high fat and low carb you're gonna lose more weight um, quickly um, which may be true to a certain extent um, mm -hmm. in the short term but if we're talking about long-term health um, women are much more sensitive to um, carbohydrate availability and how much carbs we're, we're eating, especially during different times in our cycle um, mm -hmm. than men are. Right. I mean, 
we think of the hypothalamus as this on and off switch for ovulation. So the moment we don't have enough nutrients in our body to um, be able to make a baby, then the hypothalamus is like, nope, I'm just gonna switch it off. We don't need it, not important. Whereas men don't have this on and off switch. They don't need this like extra 75,000 calories in order to mm -hmm. grow a human being in their yeah. body. <laughs> so they can get away with fewer carbohydrates. They can get, get away with going keto. They can get away with intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. and their bodies don't respond to the stress as much as women's bodies do. And their hormone cycle is a 24-hour cycle as well. Ours is a monthly cycle. So things that yeah. happen last month are still affecting us today, uh, whereas men can just kind of um, go through their days um, just like as in how they wish. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like a, it's a new day every day. It's, it's, it's a, a reset exactly. every day. Yeah, exactly. Whereas I love we your do, description. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do something three months ago, and it's it's only affecting us now. Right. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, ladies, but <laughs> that's how evolution has has worked. <laughs> so speaking of carbs, um, obviously the next question would be, you know, how much carbs should we be eating? And then also, I think, um, you know, the type of carbs is important. Uh, if you could touch on that. Yeah, so this is very um, individual. It really depends on um, your genetics, um, how active you are, um, where you are in your, your HA journey as well. Um, whether it's just, you're just facing irregular periods or you've lost your periods for three years. Um, mm. And my recommendations always start slow. Look at where you are right now, how many track your food, see how many carbs you're eating. But a general, general guideline is that the average woman should probably be eating a minimum um, of 100 grams of carbohydrates per day. And we're talking about starchy carbs. So things like rice, potatoes, your root vegetables, um, grains, if you, if you can tolerate grains, um, fruits as well. Those are all really important carb sources. People think that veggies have carbs and therefore count as carb sources but if you're eating just green vegetables it's mm -hmm. a lot of fiber and not a lot of useful energy to your body it's great for your digestion your detox and all those all those fun things micronutrients um, but if we're talking about carbs as an energy source vegetables aren't going to cut it for you so you need to add the starch um, in um, what i like to recommend people is a cupped handful so if you take your your hand just like putting the carbs in, in the palm mm -hmm. of your hand um mm -hmm. that's a that's a good starting point um for most women and having one cupped handful per meal um is a good starting point and this is it's 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 good because our hands are proportionate to our body size so right um smaller people yeah smaller my hands, my hands yeah. are so, <laughs> so small <laughs> but then that's it, it caters to how much energy your body needs then right. versus mine. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And how much we but, put out too. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's the average woman. If you are active, if you work out regularly, if you've got an active job, then you need to bump your carbs up for mm -hmm. sure. Right. Um, if, if you're training three to four times a week um, and you're on your feet all day, I would say double the amount of carbs, um, but a really good starting point is a minimum of 100 grams um, per day. Um, I think people with HA probably need to bump that up even higher. Um, mm -hmm. 
the goal with HA recovery is to help your body feel safe. So it needs to know that it's got enough resources and nutrients and energy in order to bring back um, reproduction and ovulation. Um, so the more that you can add in, um, the faster your recovery will be. Yeah, sounds good. Like, I mean, that totally yeah. makes sense. Like, you know, just give your body the security it needs in terms of fuel um, and it will know what to do. Like your body's not broken. It's just adapting to whatever choices you're making. Exactly. And a lot of women have this idea that like, oh, I can't lose weight. I've lost my period. Um, mm -hmm. I can't gain muscle and my body is going against me. Your body's not going against you. Your body's trying to protect you. Right. Um, it's in survival mode and you are the one who's working against your body's innate intelligence to, mm -hmm. you know, you're fighting it to, to try to lose weight, to cut calories, to do more, to exercise more. Um, and so we just kind of have to trust that our bodies know what's, what's going on. Um, it, it may not understand what you're trying to do in terms of your <laughs> personal goals, um, but it is trying to keep you alive. So your body's not working against you. It's, it's adapting. As you said, your metabolism is adapting. Your hormones are adapting to mm -hmm. suit your lifestyle, but that lifestyle might not be serving you um, in the long run um, if you're trying to reach optimal health. Yeah. That's the golden, golden statement right there <laughs> of this whole episode. Um, I think the, one of the other factors about carbs and eating and like, you know, not knowing what to eat is like a, having a fear about it, obviously due to societal influences. So how do we address the fear of carbohydrates? Yeah, that's, um, that's a really tough question because I think that yeah. goes way beyond nutrition and okay. nutrition basics. This is where the mindset piece and the deeper work comes in. So first of all, ask yourself, why are you afraid of carbs? Um, is it because popular media has ingrained in us that carbs are bad, that carbs are the devil, that we're going to have this insidious, insidious weight gain the moment we eat a grain of rice or if we sniff bread, we're going to instantly <laughs> gain weight. Um, and then ask yourself, why are you afraid of gaining weight? If that's, if that's the reason you're afraid of carbs, why are you scared of gaining weight? How does that affect your identity and your worth as a woman in society? Like, is it really going to make you a bad person if you gain a little bit more weight? And maybe that weight is what needs to happen in the mm -hmm. short term in order for you to regain your periods, regain your health. Um, and why are you sacrificing this, your, your long-term health in order to hit your quote-unquote goal weight which is some arbitrary number that you mm -hmm. set your, for yourself or that social media has set for you just because you see other people at, at this this weight and you think that it's healthy like we have to ask the deeper questions at this point and say why am I thinking this way why am I scared and then once we work on that it's understanding your why so my my, my personal reasons for going on this healing journey was that I wanted to be in it for a long, the long run. I wanted mm -hmm. to make sure that I was able to have kids in the future should I choose um, to have them. And I, I don't want to just be known as the girl who works out. Yeah, you know? right. So, mm -hmm. Like there's a life worth living beyond exercise <laughs> and beyond yeah. lifting weights, even though 
we enjoy it. We love it. We love the thrill of it, but everything else in our life is important as well. So I didn't want that to be my whole identity. And I think mm-hmm. it's really important that we continuously remind ourselves of why we're going on this healing journey. Why, first of all, why, why we just want to add carbs back in. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we have to let go of the power that we give to food. So in this case, carbohydrates specifically, we just have to see, see it as a fuel source for our body. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just energy going in. And when we eat the carbs, we need to trust um, that our bodies understand what to do with it. Our bodies are smart enough and have evolved enough to know what to do with those carbs and to shuttle it um, into our muscles, into our liver for, for, for energy use um, in the future. Um, and this in turn will allow us to enjoy and to fulfill all the daily activities that we want to do. It'll, it'll help us enjoy workout classes that, that we love. It'll help us play with our kids. It'll help us feel less overwhelmed at work because we actually have the brain power to think and to do things. So um, just reminding ourselves of why we're doing it and what function the carbohydrates play in, in our bodies and in our life. Um, I think that can really help um, overcome the fear of, of eating that, those things and eating more food as well. Yeah. And those are all like very, very, it can take a very long time to like, you know, go through and obviously this would be the best time to engage someone like you or like a coach to go through with. Right. Yeah. I think help, um, getting help from someone who's not part of your immediate circle can be mm-hmm. really helpful right. someone who can give you a third third party perspective of what you're doing just kind of keep you accountable as well yeah, uh, yeah that and is on, really important on that note so if someone's like okay i'm ready <laughs> i need <laughs> you uh, where can people find you online so um i'm on instagram you can find me at uh the nourished underscore co um so the nourished co is my um coaching business um i take clients of all ages activity levels gender as well um but my interest definitely lies in and women's health and and gut health um So you can find me on there, reach out. Uh, My website is Um, Mm thenourished.co. So I offer everyone a free 20-minute discovery call. So jump on a call with me. Let's talk about um, what your goals are, what you're hoping to get out of it, and we'll see if we're the right fit for each other. If not, then let me um, refer you to someone else who who can help you. Um, And I put out a ton of information. on on these topics that that are really important to me so you can read stuff on there um yeah and just just reach out and we can talk yeah that's cool um definitely i think your instagram is very inspiring um there's a lot of like relatable quotes um even for someone who doesn't have ha so i'll definitely put that all in the show notes thank you for coming on the show today it was really fun I actually learned some Thank stuff you. too. So that was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me on, Mel. All right.